Maybe a little bit of a tense, frustrating way to start the sports pen today on ESPN, UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette, Tanner Hoops along with Ryan Steed for the Mining Journal with you. I was banking on having Antonio Brown news to talk about, and I guess we kind of do in a sense, but he's supposed to have a new team by now, and here we are. As of right now, all we know is that he's not going to end up in Pittsburgh next year, and he's not going to end up in Buffalo. Yeah. That's about all we know. Does anybody want to end up in Buffalo right now? No, for any reason. It's You're looking at a franchise that two years ago made the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you're looking at them and thinking, there's a future here. Mm-hmm. They could actually, you know, they're not anywhere near New England, but this could be a potentially a team that surpasses them at some point when Brady retires, you know, and all that goes away. But in the span of one year, they relied on Nathan Peterman, and it all just went downhill from there. Let's make the playoffs, then take away the quarterback who brought us there and replace him with Nathan Peterman and some kid from Wyoming. Yeah. Someone thought that was the move. That That's a sign of really poor management. The Bills deserve you, everything you Basically, you tripped yourself into the playoffs and then lost a game that you probably should have won and then decided, no, oh, that was enough. We ended our long drought <laughs> and now, no. We've accomplished that. Let's go another 20 years or something like that. So it was, yeah. And then it's reported late last night. I mean, didn't they break the news like 1130 mm-hmm. or something like that? That now he's going to Buffalo. Yep. But they weren't able to confirm that. They just said the standard mistake some national reporters do is, I heard from some guy, mm-hmm. but don't confirm it with another guy. They just say some, which makes me think Rappaport like, found some guy that he knew and said, is this going to happen? He said, <laughs> sure, but didn't check with anybody else. So, And then Vic, who um, I can't remember his last name, he used to write for the Buffalo News, mm. you know, said, no, this isn't happening. No. I've talked to two other guys. So it just it became a mess, and he doesn't want to play there. No. I mean, just... Just imagine that you're having this little feud within your current team, the Steelers, and then you're like, yeah, the Bills are a good replacement. Mm-hmm. No. no. It, uh, he doesn't want to be there. Where do you think he even goes? Like, well, I know Packers fans are chomping at the bed thinking uh-huh. that he's going to want to go there, but, I mean, is that you think, where he wants to be? I think he would rather be there and take a pay cut rather than get paid handsomely and go play for a quarterback like Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Mark Sanchez. Well, now it's Case Keenum, isn't it? So I think he would still rather take a pay cut rather than have to play with any of those guys. I think he'd take that to play with Breeze or Rodgers. Yeah, I uh, I think he'd probably be a better fit with um, with Breeze right now because it looks like the Saints are like, just probably made should have made the Super right. Bowl. Probably would have put up a little more fight against the Patriots. I think... The Packers still have flaws, mm-hmm. you know, and you maybe want to be in a little more secure situation. If he wants to be on a team that can win the Super Bowl, it's not the Packers right no. now. So, I don't know. I guess it depends on how impatient he is. If he's willing to go to Green Bay and wait a year or two, or if he wants to go to a contender right now down in New Orleans. So. Well, Phil Yates released something very interesting. He released the official cap space numbers for every NFL team as of this morning. So it's about as updated as you can get. And if he does indeed, Antonio Brown, go to the Saints, he would have to take a pay cut because out of the entire NFL, the Saints are dead last in cap space right now. One spot behind the Vikings. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that'd make you happy. So basically... 
drafting yep. is kind of their, what the Vikings have right now. They can't devote any money to go searching for players, pretty much. And New Orleans can't, really, can't spend anything. Yeah, yeah, so he'd have to take probably a big pay cut. And it all depends on how much you want to devote to winning. Do you think... Are you willing to get a Super Bowl and get paid less money, or do you really want to get right. paid and not probably get where you want to be for a couple of years? So I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know. I mean, he looks like a guy with a massive ego right yep. now, but I don't know. Maybe he's just the ego part is he doesn't like the situation he's in. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he goes to a different franchise, maybe he'll like be happier, or I don't know. It's like... Sometimes when you're really fed up of where you're currently at, you are doing everything you can to get out of that place, and it seems like what he's trying to do. So, I mean, he needs to get paid and have money for blonde mustache dye. Well, yeah. And I don't know if the Redskins are going to be able to do that because in this list of teams by their NFL cap spaces of this morning, Redskins are 23rd on the list. The other two teams that were supposedly front runners for him, Oakland is 7th, Tennessee is 9th, the Bills are 4th on that list. The team I said a couple of weeks ago he should go to is number 1, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. As a secondary Colts fan, <laughs> I, 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 I could see a fit there. Well, the Colts are on the rise. They you are. Know, they made the playoffs this year. They're a Luck seems to be even better than what he was before. Mm-hmm. They're putting money. They're becoming managed better. Their defense is improving. And their O-line, they drafted so well. Yeah. They did that by drafting, not by spending. Yeah, which shows that maybe you have a guy with an eye for talent mm-hmm. rather than the guy who's just hoping for the best, like Ryan Grigson was. <laughs> I mean, this guy has some good qualities. I mean, I think he could play. I mean, it's just he was, he was a mess of a GM. And the Colts... I. I think he could be a good fit there. I think the Colts are maybe like a year. I think maybe a year, or are they not quite? I think if they can spend all that money, not all of it, but they yeah. can dig into that money, I said they should go out and get Le'Veon and A.B. I think they should get both of them, and then I think they're real Super Bowl contenders yeah, I, I this think, year. Yeah, I think they're maybe missing just a piece, you mm-hmm. know, offensively, and then they can be that. And if mm-hmm. they can get that legit number one receiver in mm-hmm. Brown, or if they can't get him, like Bell as a great running back, yeah. they have, they could be that, that team that I'm, isn't a surprise anymore, but like maybe up there with New England right, right there, or, you know, the Chiefs with Mahomes. I would say of those those are probably the big three AFC teams right now. Absolutely, and uh, so they, he could be a good fit there too. But it all depends on money. Are you? How much money do you think you're worth? And how much money are you willing to not be worth? I don't know. It's well, that's the thing. Out of his three front runners, his three heavy suitors, supposedly, they all have quarterbacks that probably aren't on the same level as Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Derek Carr, now he has Case Keenum to potentially work with in Washington, and then Marcus Mariota, who's fine, but he's not a passing quarterback like Brown would like. So you could go downgrade at the quarterback position, still get paid a lot, or you could take a pay cut and get a play with all-star quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. If you go to Indianapolis, you can get both, because they've got the money to give you a great contract, and they've got a fantastic quarterback. Who is still young. Yeah, he's still 29. You know, it's like... As good as Breedens and Rodgers are, they're in the batter, backer half, mm-hmm. backer, the back half of their career. You know, they still got quite a few good years left. Right. But you know, they're getting more towards forty. Luck's still in the prime age. He's younger than Brown. Yeah. So 
you know, that might be the best fit for him. And now after we've discussed it, I actually think he's the perfect fit for them. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because the Colts are my second team. It, uh, I think it's all situations, it's probably the most perfect one because he can get the pay. He's got a team that's becoming a legit Super Bowl contender. I mm-hmm. mean, unless he really is opposed to spending a career in Indiana. <laughs> I don't, I just don't. It is a nice place. Yeah, it I've is. Been there I, a few I've been, times. I lived there Did you for really? two years. I think uh, you told me that yeah, maybe I, back I, when we I, first I met. Love, I loved living there. It, um, but, you know, I, I'd go there. I, I mean, Saints are an option, but he'd have to take a pay cut. Right. The Packers are, again, it's, do you want to, are you willing to stay and build towards something? Because, mm-hmm. The Packers have something there, but they're still a year or two from being where they want. I mean, look at this last year. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they were a mess the year before, and it just shows how much they are without Rodgers. Mm-hmm. They're so dependent on him to be successful. And if he goes down again, is Antonio Brown going to save you? <laughs> you know, are you going to have to go with Deshaun Kaiser and hope for that? Yeah, trust Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser because. Even if that doesn't happen this year, I hope Rodgers doesn't get hurt. I'm not wishing anything bad on him. But you're going to have to look to the post-Rodgers future. And you think in the long term he's going to be happy with Deshaun Kaiser as his quarterback. Or even worse, in New Orleans, Taysom Hill. Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill is going to be the guy throwing to him. Which, nothing against Taysom Hill. He's just not Drew Brees. Yeah, and, you know, where... You know, the Packers need to find... I mean, Kaiser's not going to be the guy that places Rodgers. I mean, they eventually got Rodgers to replace Brett Favre. That's Mm -hmm. what they need to get. I mean, he's got quite a few good years left in him, but you got to be willing to have something there. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just hope that he doesn't get injured (laughs) for the rest of his days in Green Bay. you got to think, you know, what's going to happen five years from now. And uh, I think they're starting to maybe have that kind of mindset. Uh They need to really develop it so it's gonna be intriguing we all we were thinking that the deal was done it Mm -hmm. wasn't you know and uh now it's the question mark again brown just simply didn't want to go to buffalo and that might be the option that the steelers are going to have to deal with as you look at quite a few of these trades because he may not want to go to washington and let case keenan be his quarterback and he might not want to do the same thing in oakland he might not like the way they're managed Honestly, though, I'd like to see him go to Indy, but I still think Oakland's the most realistic place he'll wind up. Really? I do. I just don't see it. It's hard to see it, but uh, it's hard the, to see the him The Raiders else. are so wacky. I know, but this, this is what they did this for. This is what they did their whole break them down so you can build them back up thing for. This was exactly why they did it. And Gruden, I just get the feeling, is going to find a way to sweeten the pot enough to get this deal done. Though I do think Indianapolis is the best option for him. I I hope he goes there, but I don't know. I just don't think he'd fit in with the Raiders and be willing because it's going to take a long time for them to get to there. I know you're a John Gruden backer, but I just don't see it. So (laughs) I think he's going to be not happy. He'll be getting paid. Right. But money can only be happy so far. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm making a lot of money, but I'm miserable every day when I go to work. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. That'll be Bryce Harper with the Phillies when he's 38. Yeah. You think? Yeah. It, uh, I'm, look, I'm still contributing and getting paid, but I'm nowhere near the World Series, you know? I'm batting 240. I'm the batting fans have run me out of town. I'm being hated by everybody, <laughs> fans, media. But I'm getting money. <laughs> so He's getting paid, so he knows something we don't. Yeah. 
Ryan Steak from the Mining Journal with us. We owe you our first time out. When we come back, we've got Northern Michigan action to break down. Hockey kicks off the postseason tonight. We break it down for you next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. It is tourney time at the Berry this evening. Northern Michigan drops the puck on a new postseason of college hockey. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg in the sports pen with you Friday afternoon. Ryan is also the beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team. He'll be there live tonight tweeting out updates. Check him out on Twitter at Ryan Stieg. And we have Northern taking on Alaska in the 2-7 quarterfinal game one of the best of three series. I love the plug. Thanks for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He comes out with a weekly preview. Check it out there, too. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I've tweeted it out twice. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting series. Um, Northern's favored. Obviously, they're the mm-hmm. two seed, and they're coming in hot. They've yeah. swept their last two series and looked good. You know, It they wasn't really like they're sneaking past and getting like 2-1 games and they're getting lucky. They dominated Tech last Saturday. They withstood a 60-shot barrage <laughs> on Friday. They swept a ranked Lake State team, you know, mm-hmm. the week before. If you want to be peaking at the right time, and I don't know if they've reached their peak, but they're approaching that. And uh, I, I would say rising action. They haven't, like, hit the climax quite yet of, mm-hmm. like, the NCAA tournament. They're getting there. and uh, But they're getting a team this weekend that – could give them trouble mm-hmm. and uh, almost beat them up in Fairbanks. Like the first game, Northern was in control the whole game, and it was an easy win. But the second one, Northern needed to come back and needed three straight power play goals from Phil Ballou to get the victory. And they were all in the span of three minutes, which yeah. is an incredible <laughs> achievement. But the fact that they needed that to you know, get, be able to get the sweep, you know, you don't want to have to rely on that, as good no. as Phil Ballou is. Um, I just – it's – this isn't going to be an easy series. You know, this isn't going to be where fans are thinking, oh, we're going to just roll over them. I wouldn't be surprised if Alaska steals a game mm-hmm. or if they make it, you know, if it is a two game, if it is a two win thing where Northern sweeps them, you know, Friday and Saturday, it's going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that one game against Huntsville last year where they blew them out in the first game, people were thinking, oh, this is going to be an easy sweep. And Huntsville came back the next night and got the win and yeah. forced a third game. So Fairbanks has the ability to do that. Their goaltender, Anton Martinson, has been playing really well. He probably could have won the goaltender award one of these last two weeks, except for Tolvanen playing out of his mind the last two weeks. Him and Dryden McKay, who just got February's Goalie of the Month award. Yeah, they're playing... They got a good goaltender. Their lack of skill offensively is what's holding Fairbanks back. And they lead the country in penalty minutes. Mm. So you could see a lot of fair you could see a lot of nanooks in the box over the course of the weekend. Uh uh, that's the other thing. I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. isn't their logo a polar bear? I thought Nanook was a dog. No. Nanook is a bear? It's the Inuit word for polar bear. So they Where did I get dog? Uh, I swear I thought of, Nanook was a sled dog. Are you thinking like a Malamute? <laughs> no, I, I don't even know what that is. That's a dog. That's a dog? <laughs> That's an Alaskan Malamute, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I've it's, never even heard the word Malamute. Well, I found that out just because <laughs> my brother and my sister-in-law think they're the greatest dogs ever. So hmm. um, that was my little the more you know thing. I've got, <laughs> the last I've few got collies, but okay. Malamute, that's my new word, uh 
Well, there you go. You can, right. you can look it up there for the show. But uh, the Nanooks are, it's the Inuit word for polar bear. And I like to, I, I think that's a little more creative. You know, rather, yeah. yeah, rather than just call yourself the polar bears, you can, you know, it's a little marketing strategy. You're mm-hmm. unique in your own way. Plus, if you haven't looked at it, it's the, one of the greatest YouTube clips ever. Uh, Alaska Fairbanks had an introduction. It was about, I want to say a few years back, maybe 07, 08. And they had a fighting polar bear um, explode from underneath the ice. This is totally computer graphics. He explodes underneath the ice, take a hockey stick, destroys a ship that's entitled the USS Seawolf, hops in a fighter jet, and basically flies around, blows up various schools, and I think he flies into a volcano or some sort, parachutes out of it, lands on the ice and skates and shoots a goal. It's probably one of the coolest... (laughs) <laughs> introduction videos I've ever seen. They only did it for one year, but it became so legendary. Some guy actually tweeted, created an account called Hockey Bear. <laughs> so, it, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's it's pretty classic. My dad really likes it. And Sounds like Michael Bay it. directed it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense, but it's an intense in a good way. Like you'll be laughing while you're doing it. It's that creative. But I love it. But I, I swear, I am going to look this up during the break, and then I'll drop it. I know that there's a movie out there, and some guy named his dog Ned nook and that's where i'm getting it from i'm gonna find it okay i'm gonna do it during the break (laughs) but anyway getting back penalty minutes uh they are leading the country in it you're gonna see (laughs) alaska's gonna be on the penalty kill quite a bit and how are they on the penalty kill not great Uh um they're i think if i put in my story they're like high 30s that's not very good um northern's power play is vastly improved Mm -hmm. it used to be pretty bad but it's gotten better the last few weeks northern's offense has gotten better it's <laughs> this is not the team alaska wants to no. play in the right right now they're playing a hot team if they were playing a team that was kind of stumbling into the playoffs maybe that would be a better fit for them the th- one thing alaska has it going for himself themselves is they play on the olympic ice sheet that's what the carlson center is up in fairbanks they're used to that. Sometimes teams have to adjust when they come to Northern because mm-hmm. you have to play around with your style of game. You try to keep it the way it is that you're used to, but it's a wider the link is the rink is wider, so you have to adjust and play against maybe a little bit of different offense. So it's they're not going to have to adjust. They're going to become in fresh. They're going to know what they're doing, and it's going to be a physical series. That's what Alaska relies on, and they hope that Martinson Sharp is basically what it is, and that their penalty kill can do just enough. Right. <laughs> Which it did not, because Phil Ballou scored three power play goals in three minutes. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting series. This isn't going to be a Northern's going to win 6-1 both nights or something like that. Or, you know, they're going to maybe get forced to three games and they're going to be two blowouts. It's going to be a competitive series, and I think fans are going to really enjoy it. I hope they come out. Mm. Um you know, that Bowling Green series last year, there were some good crowds. Um, the Huntsville series was a little lacking. Part of me thinks it's because it was Alabama-Huntsville right. in the first round. I think if they were playing a more known team, mm-hmm. I think fans would have got it. But I think the how Northern's won the Capo Cup, they swept Tech, they're looking good. I think people have been talking about them more. I think people are going to come out more and support the Wildcats. I think... I'm, think, I'm guessing Friday's crowd tonight might be a little short because there's girls' basketball action right. going on. I mean, there's, you know, Marquette's playing, Westwood's playing, Gwen's playing Westwood. I think that might be a little more in people's minds. You'll probably get a little better crowd on Saturday. Mm. But I think there'll still be a good crowd overall, though. Well, I tell you what, uh, 
Alaska is not being given much of a chance by the odds makers. Everyone's pretty high on Northern to win this series. Does that mean Alaska will have no pressure on them? They're going to play with nothing to lose, maybe take a few more chances? And if so, what would that look like? I think you got a team that has nothing to lose. They're predicting mm-hmm. to, to get rolled over, you know, that they're going to just get eliminated in two games. They would have to run the table to get into the NCAA tournament. At this point of the year, if you're, you know, why not? Take some risks, see what happens. You're going to... You're not going to see a lot of overall talent on the Fairbanks. You're not going to see, like, highlight reel goals, but mm-hmm. they might, you know, try to, when they're on the kill, try to do some shorthanded attempts. Northern does that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and see what happens. Um, unfortunately, they're playing a really good goaltender, so mm-hmm. it uh, might not happen for them, but I would, I could see them taking risks on the PK, maybe on the power play, try to... You know, not just wait and wait and wait to solve the shot, maybe like a fire at will kind of a thing um, that might help them a little more. You might see a little more fast-paced offense to try to keep up with Northern. It's Alaska, it's going to be hard to predict. They're either going to try to stick with the style that got them barely into the playoffs, or they're going to try to really play with Northern and try to adapt to their style. I don't... I, I'm thinking... Alaska's a little stubborn, and they'll probably, at least the first night, try to see how far their style of game can take them. And uh, But they got a new coach. Maybe mm-hmm. Largen likes to adapt a little more. Uh, you know, Dallas Ferguson was a guy who was really stuck in his ways, and Lance West, you know, was the interim coach before he came down, and I think he's with Corbett in Alabama Huntsville now. So you know, maybe he's a little more open-minded. He was a player. You know, younger coaches tend to, you know, be willing to change their minds, so... It's going to be a good series, though. I, I think it's going to go three. I've gone back and forth. I thought it was going to be two in the Northern Sweep, but I think it could go three. Um, maybe the Saturday night game, Northern, because that's what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Both games against Bowling Green and Huntsville, Northern didn't show up on the Saturday night game, so maybe that'll happen. But also, <clears throat> I think Northern's got it in the back of the mind. They came a game short of the NCAA tournament that's really stuck in the mind of the seniors. They want to make up for that. And uh, I think they're going to – I think if they end up losing Saturday, it's not going to be a, you know, Northern just forgot to – and stayed in the locker room or mm-hmm. something like that. They're going to probably just lose like 2-1 to one or something like that. So I think it's going to go three, but I think Northern's going to come up. Tell you what, we got a couple of minutes left in the segment. I want to take a look at college hockey's national landscape. I know you don't take a lot of stock in bracketology, but right now they've listed – Two Big Ten teams making it. First time. Isn't it fun how that changes yeah. like every couple days? <laughs> it's the first time that the Big Ten's had multiple teams since they've been doing these additions this season. And it's Notre Dame. And don't get me wrong, I'm happy about it. But they don't deserve to be in the tournament. I don't know why Notre Dame is getting that large bid or prediction right now. Unless someone thinks that they're going to win the Big Ten tournament. I, I don't. I don't understand what Notre Dame has done in their most recent weekend split with Penn State to get them into the field of 16. I'm guessing probably because they think it's favorable in the tournament for them, that maybe they can make the run, get to the championship. They'll probably play Ohio State and maybe put up a good fight against them. I think that's what the mindset is, is they have the easier path Mm -hmm. in some people's minds to get to the Big Ten title game and maybe win it. Because... 
just because you're the top seed doesn't mean you're necessarily going to win right. your conference tournament. You may be locked in to the NCAA tournament. doesn't mean you're going to win your conference. That's ha- That happened in Minnesota State last year. That's happened in many conference teams in the past. They think, oh, we've got, we don't need to really play hard because we've already in the NCAA tournament, and uh, they get surprised. So I don't know what Notre Dame <laughs> has done either. I'm thinking it's entirely based on their path in the tournament. Um, but... Who knows, man? I, I just wait until after this weekend. It's oh, going to yeah. be completely flipped, and you know now you're going to see more teams. And then maybe if Northern gets past it, oh, Northern somehow climbing the pairwise. Maybe yeah. they don't need to win it. So I think they're still going to need to run the table to get it. But uh, I, I don't know. I I pay attention to bracketology going into the final weekend, going okay. into the championship games. That's when I really start paying attention to it because it's it's always in flux. And the guys who run it, who I know, they're good guys and they're good writers, but they've admitted to me that every weekend it comes a different thing. There's there's like eight teams that you know for sure are going to be in, mm-hmm. and then it's all like, oh, what could happen? So maybe eight to ten teams. But if you're like in the 12 to 16 spot in the pairwise, you could be out. Right. But one bad weekend. You get mm-hmm. eliminated and you're done. And uh, I've watched teams who looked like they were going to be in, and... Suddenly, someone wins their conference tournament, gets the at-large bid, and they get kicked out. Mm-hmm. On uh, that happened to Bowling Green, I think, a couple of years ago. That people were thinking, "Oh, maybe this is the year they get back in," but they were like the fifteenth seed going into the tournament, and they didn't win it, and it kind of went downhill for them. So, who knows? It's a tough thing. And uh, shameless plug: my column on the Alaska situation will be coming out soon. All right, very good. We mm-hmm. talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. How. Governor Dunleavy's latest budget may put the two Alaska hockey programs at risk. It's a, it's a very uh, <laughs> shaky situation for the hockey programs up there. A couple years ago, 2016, they were in a similar situation. They are thinking they were, well, they threw so many options on the table back then. Maybe we'll consolidate all the programs into one school, maybe combine them into one campus, maybe eliminate all the D1 sports at the schools and focus entirely on D2 athletics. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it came down to everything turned out to be fine. They found the money, and they were okay. But North Alaska is on a $1.6 billion deficit mm. that they're trying to fix, and the oil industry is not doing well out there. For people who don't know, Alaska is almost entirely dependent on the petroleum industry, mm-hmm. and if it's not doing well, the state's economy is not doing well, and now they're trying to fix it. The new governor is throwing as many spending cuts as he possibly can in there. Now, is he going to be able to get all that? By the way, I'm just having a brief political discussion (laughs) about this because it's just a situation. He's probably not going to get everything that he wants, but he could get quite a bit of it. I think it's $134 million that they're going to want to cut from the University of Alaska system, which is quite a bit. And a lot of that goes to athletics. And it's expensive to have a Division One hockey program, especially two in the same system. And neither so, of them do well. And neither of them do well. So you're now you're going to have to deal with the fact that, let's say you get the money again and dodge a bullet, how long are you going to be able to keep it going? Because mm-hmm. they're already, as I point out in my column, it took them forever to hire a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you had... Anchorage had three guys that they asked and said no. They had to go overseas, found a guy who was coaching in who was coaching in Austria, 
he was the guy who eventually – when you have to leave the country to find a guy who's going to lead your hockey program, that's a sign that you're not in good shape. And Fairbanks, their first guy that they wanted, they rejected him too, so they had to, you know – I'm not saying they settled for Eric Largent, but, right. you know, he wasn't their first choice. Mm-hmm. And now they're not in a great situation either. They're not selling out games, neither Mar uh, nor Anchorage is at 31.6% of their capacity. Mm-hmm. Um they barely scratching over forty two percent and over their capacity in um, in Fairbanks. It's just it's not an easy situation. And are you thinking after a while is it worth having hockey right. there? And uh, it's going to be something that's going to have to be addressed. Let's say they get the money again. What two years are you going to have to fight for it again? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I especially in Anchorage, you start to wonder. Is it worth it? I know the university guy. I also put, you know, last year, put it in the column. He's really high on it. You know, I can be salvaged. I think we can be successful in Anchorage and up there. But, like, the stats are showing it's probably not going to happen. So it's just an interesting situation. I think a lot of people find it that way, too. We owe you our next time out when we come back. Several players on the move today in the NFL. Michael Bennett, TJ Lang, Case Keenum. Made his move yesterday. Breaking it all down next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. I knew it. I knew I wasn't wrong. I Googled it during the break, and Nanook was a husky, or is a husky, in Alaska that saved a deaf hiker this summer. Not a breed of dog, just the name of a dog. Nanook was the <laughs> name of a dog. I knew I wasn't wasn't that out out of touch. I guess with the I don't know. Re- owned by a rabid Fairbanks hockey fan? Or uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Never know. Uh, either way, it's time for your Sports Center update. This has a lot to do with New York athletics. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have acquired ed- edge rusher Olivia Vernon from the New York Giants via trade. New York receives guard Kevin Zeitler. The New York Yankees have bought back the Yankee Entertainment and Sports Network, also known as Yes, from the Disney Corporation for $3.5 billion. And finally, on this day in 1930, Babe Ruth signed what was, at the time, the most expensive contract in baseball. Two years, $160,000. Yankees GM Ed Barrow said, no one will ever be paid more. Age poorly. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it like just a few years later it got passed by somebody or something? I don't know. I need to brush up on – I used to be a pretty much a baseball history guru, but it, it's I, – I'm not remembering my 20s and 30s <laughs> salary statistics. They're not on top of me right now. But Not uh, remembering every contract from uh, the golden age. The golden whatever. age of baseball, yeah. But uh, no, he uh, did not have a very good vision for the future on that one. Ryan Stieg in with me, Tanner Hoops, as we wind you down to the 5 o'clock hour on Friday. Don't forget Westwood Patriot Girls Basketball this evening here on ESPN-UP. 6.45 pregame, 7 o'clock tip. Jared Koski and I have the call as the Patriot Girls battle Gwyn for a district title. Well, football players have been on the move. Not Antonio Brown like we all thought, but players like TJ Lang, Case Keenum, Michael Bennett mentioned Olivia Vernon and Kevin Zeitler. And initially, I didn't like that trade as much. You know, Vernon's ceiling is much higher than Zeitler's if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And Vernon's never healthy is the thing. And Zeitler allowed just 11 QB hurries last year. 
anyone that played right guard for the Giants last year combined for 39. So they're going to get a little bit better yeah, in the offensive line. I would line. say that, yeah. And uh, offensive line seems to be an issue for a lot of teams. So mm-hmm. uh, Eli Manning is not getting younger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people make fun of him all the time. They think, like, oh, he's done. But it's like he still can be capable. It's right. just he, he doesn't have the super, super Bowls he won. He had a good supporting cast. He had mm-hmm. a good defense, had a good line. He had good right receivers. He doesn't. I mean, yeah, he's Beckham, but I mean, I mean, name anybody else who could really be the star that right. could help him out. So, good deal for them. Uh, is this a kiss of death for Case Keenum? Maybe it's tough to tell because the the thing was when you used to go to the Redskins, that's like your career died. Nah, kind of did. <laughs> I mean, how many like there? Dan Snyder went through this trend where he signed like every guy who was on the last half of his career <laughs> and it ended up being a gigantic waste because Dan Snyder loves to throw money and a lot and a lot of it is not a smart decision so I mean Elway sure didn't last long with Case Keenum no you know and the common belief on Twitter is that John Elway hates any quarterback that could be potentially better than he is because <laughs> <laughs> I mean he keeps going after guys that the common belief are not going to bring the Broncos. Baxter Lynch, yeah. Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, <laughs> and then upgrade with Joe Flacco. Yeah, top it all off. Yeah, I mean that aren't going to get them another Super Bowl. And he so and then they play for him for a year or two, and then John gets tired and he goes after <laughs> another guy who won't get them to the Super Bowl. So I think I think it's funny because John Elway wanted a Super Bowl as a guy in charge. So he went out and got Manning, came close. He ran into a Seattle defense that was pretty much unstoppable at that point. And then they got the Super Bowl by getting a good defense mm-hmm. to back up Manning, who was at the twilight of his career and retired after the game. And then after that, it's like, okay, I'm going to rely on my defense and throw any quarterback I can find in there. And it has not worked out for them. And Defense can only carry you so far. Right. I mean, even if you have a lockdown D that can get you one Super Bowl, they're not going to get you multiple. Right. Ones. So, I don't know. So the joke on Twitter is that John Elway hates any would hate to get any quarterback that could be potentially beat his records or be more famous than he is. Well, and the other thing is he didn't hire some quarterback whisperer like Cliff Kingsbury to be the head coach once Gary Kubiak retired after the Super Bowl. He hired Vance Joseph, a defensive guy. And now Vic Fangio, former defensive coordinator for the Bears. So, yeah. He's investing all in on defense. And is apparently okay with a <laughs> mediocre offense. It, uh, I don't know. It's like, I don't know how you can be that good of a quarterback and be so bad at managing a football team. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you'd think, like, you'd be able to judge talent. <laughs> As a former player and say, yes, this guy's going to be good for me. But he seems to just not do it. <laughs> it kind of just blows your mind. We could vote on Twitter who's a worse man- general manager, front office exec type after being such a prolific player. Elway or Magic Johnson? Well, Magic Johnson also invested in movie theaters, so I mean... Yeah, and he owns the Dodgers, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but uh, yeah, there's some guys who... Just aren't front office guys. No. You know, maybe they'd be better on a coaching staff. But I don't know if Elway really wants to coach. No, and, I wouldn't uh, think so. So, I mean, didn't Magic try coaching for a stretch with Larry the Lakers? Did. Yeah. 
don't know if Magic did. I don't know if he did or not, but uh, he... I mean, some guys are just better in other areas, and uh, I don't know if Elway's <laughs> the right guy to have in the future, or Magic Johnson either. So, Well, I tell you what, I was so excited to see you, I didn't start the show off like this, Okay, and I should have updated the greatest movie of all time brackets that okay. people have been voting for on Twitter, so let me do that here real quick. It was the bottom half of the first round of the miscellaneous movie bracket yesterday, and that includes anything from... Uh, horse racing to swimming, volleyball, soccer, golf, anything that's not football, hockey, basketball, or baseball that had their own bracket. So here are the results from yesterday's four matchups. Jerry Maguire is moving on as they beat Miracle Season 70% to 30%. Invictus 78% to 22 over the boxer. Uh, cool Runnings 67% to 33. They get by kicking and screaming. And Caddyshack blows away bend it like beckham 93 to 7 i would hope so i would too <laughs> caddyshack's a classic yes it is so we did play in games play in matchups i guess for baseball so now we're officially in baseball's first round here are the matchups you can vote on tonight until just after midnight rookie of the year against mr 3000 Moneyball against fever pitch which got a buy through the play-in round 61 another movie that got a buy against bull durham and Mr. Baseball against Field of Dreams. Okay, I can tell you how they're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Field of Dreams is going to blow away Mr. Baseball. Okay. Because I barely even remember that film. <laughs> and then you had, what was the first one you said? Uh, Rookie of the Year and Mr. 3000. I would go with Rookie of the Year. My wife loves that movie. Does she? Yes. Right. So uh, um, I could see that. Plus, you got classic Cubs moments, and John mm -hmm. Candy's the announcer, and it's a good one. And then you said, was it 61 and Bull Durham? 61 against Bull Durham. I know a lot of people like Bull Durham, um, and it's more of a classic. I love 61. If you haven't seen it, it's really it's interesting. Movie. It's about uh, Roger Maris breaking the record, Babe Ruth's record in 1961, and how people hated it. You know, back then, and put the asterisk on there because, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't do it in 154 games. And through the rest of his career, people didn't give him the respect he deserves to broken the record. And then when Mark McGuire broke it, everybody was okay with it. So Billy Crystal wanted to profile a guy who didn't get the accolades he deserved. And then, whereas Sosa and McGuire, everybody was falling, you know, fawning all over them. So it's a good story, um, good acting in there. Um, you know, so I think people enjoy it, but I think uh, it doesn't have a shot against Bull Durham. And what was the last one you had? The last one was Field of Dreams or oh. Mr. Baseball. Oh, the the, the second one that uh, I can remember. It, you, the one you did? Uh, Moneyball and Fever Pitch. Okay. I'm surprised Fever Pitch got a buy. <laughs> well, it's a blind draw. Oh, it's a blind, oh, blind okay. draw, just okay. like the Michigan High School Athletic okay. Association. Okay, Moneyball is interesting. Fever Pitch is Jimmy Fallon being a weird... Red Sox fan, and you know, I actually kind of like Fever Pitch. Really? I won't lie, I, mean, I kind of like it. It's, it's a comedy you can watch once and be, you know, Drew Barrymore's good two, in it, but it's just, I don't know, it doesn't compare to Moneyball. Moneyball's like, you know, a lot of people remember it because it's, you know, you get the behind the scenes look about what's going to like to behind the franchise and uh, how Billy Bean was ahead of his time and that kind of thing. So, uh, acting's better, and I don't know. <laughs> I tell you what, I have always held a grudge against Bull Durham. Because, really? Yeah, one night I was looking for a movie to watch, saw it was on Hulu. I thought, wow, right, I'm excited to watch this. 
Hated it. Are you underwhelmed by it? I oh, didn't like Bull Durham. Okay. It was more of a more of like a, a romancy type movie well, than I, a baseball movie, yeah. and I cannot stand Susan Sarandon. I put this up there in my column. I know people love it, and I mean it's not bad. But I, I just don't understand how some people say, oh, it's the ultimate baseball movie. Couldn't stand yeah. it. Yeah, there's more, like you said, an emphasis on the romantic part than actually the baseball part. I mean, Costner's doing his thing. Right. <laughs> like he does in baseball movies. But it's like, I don't know, it's 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 more weird <laughs> than I I think when I think of baseball. I think more Field of Dreams when I think baseball. Or I think a lady of their own mm. significantly more than I think of Boulder. That's on the other side of the bracket. We'll be getting to that one on Monday. But right now we've got to get to a break. Friday Funnies to finish off the week next. You're listening to Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you're like me, the workday ends in a little over 10 minutes. Well, you will be broadcasting a game. Oh, I love doing that. I love <laughs> okay. being behind the mic. I love doing this, too. And, man, say it just wears on you, doesn't it? Not the job, but the week. You just wait for the weekend. Aw. That'll be fun, though. Yeah. It's I, almost here. Plus, you got the funnies to close it We up. got the funnies. We're going to laugh. We got great basketball action on ESPN Radio, which is going to be carried here on ESPN uh, UP this weekend, starting tomorrow at 1.30. You can hear Baylor at Kansas. Of course, Kansas not going to win the Big 12 for the first time since 2004. Mark Valvano, excuse me, Mark Kessinger and Bob Valvano will be on the call. Then tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, you have the Celtics visiting the Lakers. Celtics are going to win three in a row. Okay. So we got that one tomorrow. And then Sunday, you've got the Pacers visiting the 76ers. That game will start at 3. Tom Hart, P.J. Carlismo will have the call. So great basketball on ESPN Radio this weekend. You can hear it here with ESPN-UP and with our mobile app. So we're going to get to the Friday Funnies. A few other things I just want to throw in before we get there. We've talked about offensive guard play, how some teams need help on the offensive line. And we segued into baseball, and that took the rest of the segment. <laughs> but if anyone's looking for some help, T.J. Lang's available. I was a little surprised the Lions let him go today. I am, too. He is kind of a valuable person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for a team that uh, has quite a few issues going on right now. Like, so. did that make them better? Did the Lions get better by doing that? No. I don't think so. No. I feel like this is going to be one of those Lions mismanagement decisions that is going to bite them. Uh, ugh. You know, I, I've lived here for five years now, and I understand. I don't understand entirely because I'm not from here, and mm-hmm. I didn't grow up a Lions fan, but I'm starting to see why people get increasingly frustrated <laughs> year after year and why some have given up at this point because the Lions just make really weird decisions. And, oh, well, <laughs> it's still time. It's not football season left. Maybe they can come together and figure it out. The draft still hasn't happened either, so who knows. Still having a better day than LSU men's basketball coach Will Wade, who was suspended indefinitely by the school today because FBI wiretaps reveal he was talking with Christian Dawkins, who was indicted earlier this week, about paying a star recruit to come to LSU. Didn't end up happening, and LSU's ranked 10th in the country as it is, so he could have got away with it if he didn't engage in illegal activity, but... Now he's out, maybe out of a job before too long. Seems like college basketball might be a slightly corrupt sport. You think? <laughs> I'm, I'm no expert here, but I'm getting the vibe these last couple of years that uh, maybe there's something going on in college basketball. Why don't you get Izzo, Patino, Calipari, and Bob Huggins all together 
and have them play a tournament. It's like the mafia tip-off classic or something. They all look like they could be in the mob. Really? They're throwing Izzo in there? Don't get, the Sp- don't get Spartans fans. Hey, I like um, Izzo. I like Izzo, but does he not look like he could be a mafia member? I guess maybe. Yeah, I, I would say, say I would lean more. He'd towards, be the Don. Though. I would me. I would lean more towards Steve Mariucci than actually be a mob member than Tom Izzo. <laughs> but that's a different sport. Uh, he, he'd be the Don, though. He's, you think so? Okay. Oh yeah, he's one of those guys. Okay. Okay. Patino would be a lower level guy that you know. I don't know what they call him. Gets caught doing something stupid. Yep. You know, and then kind of plays the guy at the trial who mm-hmm. <laughs> rats out everybody else. Huggins is the rival mob boss that always wears a sweatsuit to do his deals, and I don't know what Calipari's doing. Doesn't he already wear the sweatsuit? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's a, good, it's a good fit for it him. It is a great fit it, for him. Not the sweatsuit, but the role. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we got time for the Friday funnies here in the final Since five we're minutes. talking about basketball, yes. let's start with uh, Kyrie Irving, who said he didn't come in... To, he doesn't want to be famous or be a celebrity, and he doesn't like cameras in his face. He did those when he was younger, but not anymore. Did he not just make a movie <laughs> last He's year? He's still making a movie. Yeah. It's He's, like, how can you say I don't want cameras in my face when you're making movies? Career 1A is basketball player. 1B is thespian. So, yeah, that's what made people laugh. And he loves to give his opinions, mm-hmm. like the earth is flat. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you're that opening to sharing your scientific beliefs and wanting to make movies, I really don't think you can sell the idea that I don't want to be famous. So there's that. Going to um, hockey, Jason Pominville hmm. accidentally had a point-blank shot, got a one-timer in the crease, and knocked it out with his own stick. Oh, no. Yep. The Wild are used to that. <laughs> but gets it passed into the crease. He's winding up his shot to hit it. He hits it He hits it with the shaft of the stick rather than the blade of his stick. And it ricochets out. And uh, so that was on. That's definitely a not top ten moment. As long as he's not doing that for the Wild anymore. Yeah. So there's a little hockey tidbit there. I met Jason Pominville. Really? I actually had open heart surgery in Minneapolis a few years ago, and the Wild were coming through the hospital doing tours. He was one of the players. He was with the Wild at the time. Nice. Had him, Spurgeon, Jason Zucker. Made a lot of new friends. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, And then we got, I tweeted that one to you and Blake Froling. Johnny Walker, UFC guy. Um, known for his ability to fight and end fights quickly. The first time he fought, he knocked out the guy in 15 seconds. And then the, he faced his first ranked opponent, from what I heard, knocked the guy out with a knee to the head in 36 seconds, and then dislocated his shoulder by attempting to do the worm. Now, for those who don't remember the worm, that was like a brief dance craze, like in the late 90s, early aughts, where a guy would lie on the floor and try to wriggle up and down. And, <laughs> and uh, he attempted to do that and told Joe Rogan he dislocated his shoulder as soon as he started doing it. So he didn't actually complete the worm. He hurt himself. Wait, so he still kept dancing after he dislocated he, his shoulder? He, he, like, tried to pull it off, and it didn't go very well oh. for him. So... I guess kudos for him to putting the effort behind it and wanting to complete the show he has put on, but you know by you know celebrating mm-hmm. he hurt himself. And how many times do you see that? You know, <laughs> in the world of sports, like you're pumped up, you're excited, and then you like the guy for the Cardinals, Bill Gramatica, the kicker, blew out his knee by jumping up in the air, and then 
you know, are guys getting freak injuries? Like, didn't Joel Zumaya hurt himself by playing Wii? Oh, I liked Joel Zumaya, but there was no way with the way he played that he was going to ever last in the league more (laughs) than a couple of years. But anyway, guy did the worm, hurt himself. And uh, then there's the most bizarre doping scandal I think I've ever seen. The world's number doping is no, it's not just in baseball. It's not just in cycling Mm -mm. or tennis. It is now to the world of bridge. Yes, that card game <laughs> that you see in newspapers, Tips and Bridge, on a regular basis. The world's number one player was caught doping and is now under a one-year ban. Mm. So, he apparently was under a female fertility drug and a, a synthetic testosterone drug. Those, like, do the opposite, don't they? Yeah. Unless he was trying to balance it out or something like that. Uh, you know? <laughs> wow. But, yeah. So, I guess you need to take drugs to be successful in bridge. <laughs> Which I always thought was more of a mental game, isn't it? Like You would think. Yeah. I mean, I've never played bridge. I'm not, I, I tried to learn Pinochle once, and it didn't go very well for me. And now people have tried to teach me Euchre, and that doesn't go well either. But, do you... I mean, I'm trying to think how a female fertility drug right. and a synthetic testosterone thing will help you be good at a card game. It's like 20 I mean, years from now, we're going to get like the World Chess Federation's busted for a giant steroid ring or something. I mean, how, like, does that really enhance your like ability to think better? Or, like, is Bridge become a lot more physical <laughs> than what I know about? I don't know how to play Bridge, so I'm not the expert on yeah, this. Yeah, so, but that's that's my favorite Friday Funny, because I never thought that it would pass on. I mean, do you think the World Series of Poker will eventually get to that point? Oh, I'm sure it will, if it or hasn't if already. Or if it hasn't already. I, w- I would be actually surprised you know, if it hasn't already. Look back at Chris Moneymaker, mm-hmm. you know? How did you win that pot, really? <laughs> all that All that money. Were you on a female fertility drug, sir? <laughs> you know? I, I, it makes you wonder if it's gotten everywhere. If it right. can go to bridge. Could it be in chess, too? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, like, moving your bishop diagonally, mm-hmm. do you need, like, that extra oomph? You do. Of testosterone? Intimidation factor. Yeah. And you've got to remember, you're moving your knight in an L shape. <laughs> you know, if you, don't, if you don't have that supplement, you're, you could be gone. So, I don't know. That was That's... The one I want to end with because it just doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> I mean I, I don't know. So maybe there's our listeners play bridge and it's a much different game than what it is to, to what it is now. But I'd love to know why you need supplements and fertility drugs to be successful at it. Maybe he didn't do it for bridge. Maybe he he didn't do it for bridge. He's just a weirdo. He just likes <laughs> taking those drugs. They just that could, to that catch could be him. the case. But I think the fact that bridge was involved even makes it more funny. Ryan Steig for the Mining Journal with us. A couple of things I want to throw at you before we sign off. Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament happening now. Michigan survives an upset bid from Wisconsin. 73-65 in double overtime. Michigan advances to play Maryland. And Mark Stone just got paid. Stone signed an eight-year deal worth $9.5 million to stay with the Vegas Golden Knights. A lot of people getting paid today. Yes. It's a good day if you're trying to get paid. Buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Enjoy your time at the game tonight. We're not promoting gambling, you know, whatever you need to do. Unless you're doping in bridge. Yep, unless you're (laughs) doping in bridge, that's...
We'll end on that note. Yeah, let's, let's call it a day. Uh, that's it for us again. Here's our coaches show coming up uh, for the next hour in case you missed it. And we'll have Patriot basketball this evening, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock tip on ESPN, UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.